0: Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Glitch Report. My name is Nitwit. I am Agent 47. That's not true. I've actually spent more time being a sorcerer than I have spent uh, being a hitman as of recent. We'll talk about Diablo 4 in just a minute. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure to check out my Linktree, linktree.com slash Nitwit. G-N-I-T-T-W-I-T-T for my Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. All the stuff that I put out. I haven't maybe put out that much stuff recently because I've uh, spent so much time uh, playing Diablo 4. Um, I am a level 31 sorcerer, and uh, I'm having a great time with it. And uh, we got a ton ton of stuff to talk about today. Um, I have had the chance to play both Diablo 4 and Street Fighter 6. I'm going to share some of my impressions of those games coming up later on the show. We have some news today kind of covering uh, both Diablo 4's uh, recent success as well as the sales numbers for Street Fighter 6 and a lot more news. And let's, um, let's jump into news. Like I said, I, I want to talk about Diablo and, and Street Fighter and I'm very excited to do that. But we got to get to news uh, first and foremost, um, Diablo 4. Uh, This is a new story I've pulled from Video Games Chronicles, shout out to Video Games Chronicles, saying that Diablo 4 is Blizzard's fastest selling game ever. Now, here's the thing about this report, is this is from Blizzard themselves, and it's vague. Like no, like no disrespect to to Blizzard and Activision. I'm not trying to like shit on the the success or the the perceived uh, success of uh, Diablo. But what we are talking about here, and and you'll kind of see this as I cover the Street Fighter news, is that Blizzard's measurement for success is vague. They don't actually give a sales number. Street Fighter does. Street Fighter has sold 1 million copies in the first three days. Blizzard, on the other hand, is saying that it has been played for 93 million hours during its first four days of early access. Now, remember, the early access was you got to play it four days early if you bought the deluxe edition or the super demon whatever the fuck, special edition i have been playing the regular edition of the game um so i don't know if i count as that 93 uh, 93 million hours but that is their um that is their measurement for success i think that's what i'm saying it's very very weird i wish not to get like too ahead of ourselves here You know, the game industry very much is often like the tech industry, where they are very secretive about sales numbers and, you know, money and and, and stuff like that, right? And I really wish the game industry operated more like the film industry in terms of um, sales, right? Like, I want to know, like, I want to know what The Flash made opening weekend. And I can do that. I can go to Box Office Mojo or whatever the fuck um, and see how much, you know, the Super Mario Brothers made weekend. I can see how much it made against its budget, right? You don't know any of that stuff as it relates to the game industry, right? Now, in some cases, um, you know, developers and publishers will tout um sales numbers they will say hey we did you know we you know, we we sold 4 million copies in 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 a week we did whatever right but then we get bullshit like this where it's like oh okay so people have played over um 10,000 years of Diablo 4 in uh in the last week or in the last 4 days excuse me i don't know what that means I know that, like, 10,000 years seems like a long time. 93 million hours seems like a long time. But was that, like, five people, like, grinding away at it? You know, well, even if you did five people over, you know, four days, it's not It's not 93 million hours. Anyways, it's a lot. I'm not disputing that a lot of people haven't been playing Diablo 4 and that, you know, two things. One... I bet the people that are playing Diablo 4 are putting a fuck ton of hours into Diablo 4. And I bet there are a lot of people playing Diablo 4. So I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But in the four days, this is from June 1st uh, to June 5th. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, well, this story is from June 6th. But um, point is, is a lot of people have played uh, Diablo 4 and more power to them. Just a weird way to, to break down the sales numbers. Alright, so we've talked about Street Fighter 6. Uh, Street Fighter 6 has hit 1 million players in its first three days. The entire series of uh, Street Fighter has now passed 50 million copies sold, according to Capcom. Um, it also notes that a uh, free gift uh has been added in the game to celebrate the milestone. It looks like it is a player profile, like a title, uh, for um, uh, for the game. So you like in the game. Um, I didn't really see this when I was playing Street Fighter Six, but you can like customize your like character title, so you can give yourself like I'm Super Punch Man or whatever the fuck. Um, and it looks like they've added a profile title um, uh, to celebrate the one million copies. In comparison, Street Fighter V took three months to sell 1.4 million copies. So Street Fighter VI, already off to the races in terms of being a huge success. I'm really excited to see how Street Fighter, uh, kind of goes. Um, Street Fighter IV sold 3 million copies in six weeks, um... Capcom stated that they plan to sell, t- they want to sell 10 million copies of Street Fighter 6 over its lifetime. Uh, they said that Street Fighter 7 has sold 10 million copies uh, from its date of release. I think Capcom can probably do it, man. If I've learned anything from the Resident Evil remakes and... um you know kind of the revival of Devil May Cry with uh, with Devil May Cry 5 and even looking at the reception to stuff like Dragon's Dogma 2 like do not bet against Capcom they are on fire they are cooking Ser- like seriously like a million a million copies in in 3 days like I, I, it makes me wonder how many copies Diablo 4 sold because Capcom is so confident in Street Fighter 6 that they are saying yeah man million three days what about it we're out here cooking all right everybody loves luke <laughs> um but to me when i see that like street fighter 5 took three months to sell 1.4 million copies and we're already at 1 million copies in 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 three days for capcom i have a feeling that street Fighter uh, 6 has a really bright future ahead of it over the past years this is a kind of a quote um that was pulled from a Famitsu uh, interview with her uh, her Haruh- uh, Haruh- Haruhiro uh, Tujimoto. I probably butchered that name and I apologize. Um, talking about trying to make the game more appealing to less hardcore fighting game fans. Um, and wants it to become the best-selling game of the series. They kind of talk about it saying, uh, Over the past few years, multiple titles in the Resident Evil series have sold 10 million copies. And, and the Monster Hunter series... Uh, now have titles that are aiming for 20 million copies. And then they kind of go on to say that like Street Fighter 7 sold 7 million copies. We want to sell 10 million copies of Street Fighter 6. I say go ahead. And you know what? I am like this close. Everybody loves Guile. (laughs) Everybody in in chat uh, talking about Guile. You know, if I hadn't gone bald uh, before I hit 30, I would have tried to pull off some Guile hair. That's what I'm thinking. That is what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, so when I played Street Fighter 6, I had a great time with it. Um, unfortunately, Street Fighter 6 came out at the same time as Diablo, and it's this really weird scenario where we have, like, like, June is a, is a really stacked month for games as well. Like, you know, when I was at work, uh, talking to friends and, and co-workers about, you know, the, the, the June games, you know, there are people that were like, yeah, man, like, Diablo 4 all the way. There are other people that were like, you know, Street Fighter, Had a lot of people that were like, actually, I'm not going to buy either. I'm going to buy Final Fantasy 16. And, you know, obviously, like, there's nothing wrong with having two, three, four big games out in one month. Um, But I imagine that I'm not the only one in this scenario who would probably buy Street Fighter 6 if they hadn't already committed to one of the other big games coming out uh, at the same month of release. I definitely plan on buying Street Fighter 6, uh, so I, ho- I hope to help Capcom get to their 10 million goal. But uh, I'm not planning on buying it in the immediate future. Uh, Final Fantasy IX. Let's talk Final Fantasy IX. Final Fantasy IX is a game I've never finished. Um, like most Final Fantasy games that I've played in my life, I have never finished them. Why? They're long as hell. I did finish Final Fantasy fourteen though, don't know why I've decided to finish one of the worst Well, worse is a strong word. You know, when Final Fantasy uh fifteen came out, it had been in development for so long that it felt a little dated. By the time I got around to playing Final Fantasy 15, it was even more dated than it was when it originally came out. So the odds were stacked against Final Fantasy 15 in terms of me uh, really liking that game. That being said, um, I'm looking forward to 16. Um, I'll I'll get it when it comes out on PC, and I still really need to play that uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake. But I've played nine uh, somewhat recently, uh, like the Switch re release of Final Fantasy 9. And uh, I still think the game is cool. I think the art style is great. It's for like a PS1 game. It's actually got surprisingly decent graphics, um, all things considered. And apparently Square Enix is now developing a Final Fantasy IX remake. Uh, This is from Video Games Chronicles. In 2021, a Final Fantasy IX remake was one of the many unannounced titles listed in a GeForce Now database leak. GeForce Now is NVIDIA's game streaming service, and they had a huge leak about a bunch of unannounced games, um, unreleased games, and stuff that was, in theory, coming to their service uh, at some point in time, but it also included games that uh, were not even announced. Uh, these included several Square Enix games that would later be officially confirmed, such as the PC version of Final Fantasy VII Remake, a Chrono Cross Remaster, and Kingdom Hearts 4. Yes, that was also part of the whole thing is, hey, remember Kingdom Hearts 3? Well, we're making another one, and... Um this time around it's getting leaked in like the most like unclimactic way. Uh, While fantasy fantasy nine remake has yet to be announced giant bomb reporter. Hey, I got my giant bomb t-shirt on. You can't really see it because it's an audio podcast unless you're watching the video version or the live stream version. But anyways, giant bomb reporter Jeff Grubb claimed this week. I will say I heard very recently. Once again, final Fantasy nine remake is real. That is real and happening. Uh, Gematsu uh, subsequently reported that a Final Fantasy IX remake is currently in development too. Final Fantasy IX was originally released in 2000 for the PlayStation. It was directed by Hiroki Ito, who later would direct Final Fantasy XII. Final Fantasy XII is also a game that I have played. I never finished Final Fantasy XII Man, one of these days I'm just gonna have to like buckle down and be like, fuck it, I gotta start finishing some Final Fantasy games, damn it. Like, I would probably do seven, nine, twelve. You know, not counting the the like, like ignoring Final Fantasy 16 for a moment in terms of like just go back and play some Final Fantasy games, it'd probably be seven, nine, and twelve. That's my Final Fantasy. Anyways, the game was later re-released in 2010 as a PS1 classic for PS3 and PSP Vita uh in 2012 and then in 2016 the game came to mobile and pc then ps4 and 27 whatever they've put final fantasy 9 in its kind of original state on pretty much everything though now they are making a remaster uh, earlier this week a team of uh, developers and artists released a 25 minute gameplay demo uh for final fantasy 9 uh, memoria project a proof of concept passion project designed to show what the game would look like with modern graphics and if you don't mind me i'm going to go watch this oh this looks really nice oh all right i'm just kind of like live reacting to this video that you can't see on the stream uh if you if you go and like google go to youtube whatever google memoria project Final fancy nine uh this looks really nice and Oh, please, please let this be real. This looks too good. Oh, I would play the hell out of this game. Anyways, okay, let's close this tab and, you know, move on to something else. Um, This is a weird news story. I I get why this is happening, but if you were looking forward to this game, I don't know if it actually... Let's just read the the headline. Paradox is refunding Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 pre-orders. This is a quote from the the company. Uh, As development continues, we'll be updating the game's editions and bonus content. The company said on Wednesday that it is automatically refunding all physical pre-orders because it's updating various editions of the game while digital pre-orders will be also granted upon request. Um, the Bloodline team, uh, Bloodlines team uh, wrote, It's been quite a while between updates while we've had our heads down working on the game. We remain just as dedicated to delivering a great Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines game as we were when we announced. And we are looking forward to showing you more in September this year. We acknowledge it is a l- uh, it was a long time ago that many of you pre-ordered Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. As development continues, we'll be updating the game's editions and bonus content. We want to provide the best value to those of you who supported us via digital pre-orders after all this time. So, so here's the thing, um, when the game was originally announced, it was being developed by Hardsuit Labs and was scheduled to come out in 2020. All right. In August of 2020, the sequel was delayed to 2021 and then both the creative director and lead narrative designer were fired. In February of 2021 paradox delayed bloodlines 2 again and announced that it had pulled development from hard suit Labs. They said that's it hard suit labs. We fired two of your like lead creatives on the game now we're just gonna fire all of you um it had it, it said it had chosen to delay the game's release due to disruptions on development caused by the coronavirus pandemic, which that's believable. that being said. Um, you know, we we've often blamed um, rough, tough game development on the coronavirus uh, pandemic. You know, people learning to work from home and stuff like that. That being said, there is something about the story of Bloodlines Two development that leads me to believe that there is far more to it than just struggling to work from home, struggling to develop a game. In a hybrid work from home model. This is what I believe. This is what I believe. Because I don't know if you would have completely fired the creative director and the lead narrative director if it was as simple as having trouble working from home. And I don't think you would have, you know, canned the entire Hardsuit Labs team if it was something like that. And to be honest, I don't believe you would refund pre orders. If there wasn't more going on, I think um, this game is probably back on track. I'm assuming that you know Bloodlines Two is back on track. That being said, you know this uh, maybe maybe Paradox is looking at this as like a fresh start. You know they're saying, you know what, you know we got a new developer working on it, and uh, we have, we now have like new scope for the game. We have a new you know, vision of when this game's coming out and and what this game is going to be. And as such, you know, the pre-order bonuses that you would get um, may not be reflective of what this game is actually going to be. I'm assuming that this game is going to be a first-person action RPG, just like the first one was. This is, like, not to be all like, whoa, they're, like, really, like, you know, going all out with this sequel. I suspect that Vampire t- Two the or her vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 is going to be a first person action rpg with vampires i don't give a damn who's making the game that's probably exactly how this game is going to turn out uh if it ever comes out i still am a little skeptical about the the future of this game fingers crossed we, we could use a good vampire game especially after the piece of shit that was Redfall. Um, but you know, like Paradox CEO uh later revealed that the company came close to scrapping Bloodlines 2 completely after cutting ties with Hardsuit Lab. Quote, when we lifted the game from the original developer, we had a long review in case we should end the game or run it further. Then we were actually prepared to close the production completely, but we got a pitch that we thought was convincing enough to run. Played on, and we have very good hopes that it will be a good game that meets players' expectations. Dude, that... Whatever, man. Listen, the game's not out yet, and we're not going to find out more about the game until September, so I'm not going to shit on the game until... Until then. But it doesn't sound good. Does not sound good. Speaking of things that don't sound good, Coca-Cola... Everyone's favorite soft. Dr- well, unless you're more of a Pepsi for person, whatever. I'm not here to judge. Maybe you're a big RC Cola fan. Any RC Cola fans in the house? Or maybe you're just somebody who only drinks Dr Pepper. Whatever the case may be, Coca Cola has released a limited edition League of Legend flavor that tastes like XP. Tastes like experience points. Coke says players will enjoy the taste of experience points what what oh boy coca-cola has teamed up with riot games to release a limited edition drink based on league of legends that apparently tastes like experience points now for the record this isn't that weird in the grand scheme of things because for a while now you have been seeing league of legends branding on coca-cola products i went to the shopper's drug mart which is canadian if you don't know and I bought a bottle of Coca-Cola and it had a League of Legends character on it. And I was like, great, cool, whatever. Um, the new XP flavored drink is part of Coca-Cola Creations line, which has previously seen collaborations with musical artists Marshmallow and Rosalia. The drink, which is called Coca-Cola Ultimate Zero Sugar, is available in the U.S., Canada, China, South Korea, Latin America, and Africa. A full sugar version will also be made available in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. According to a statement by Coke, the new drink will provide fans and players the taste of experience points and celebrate every player's journey, whether it's their first time on the Rift or on the final stage at Worlds in Pursuit of the Summoner's Cup. Starting today, League of Legends game will also be getting a series of missions which award players with limited edition Ultimate Emotes. Players can also scan the QR code on the can or visit the Coca-Cola Creations Hub where they can find the Ultimate Emote Generator and Instagram Filter that lets them view themselves in the style of League
1: of Legends emotes.
0: In a statement, Coca-Cola Senior Director of Global Strategy, Anya Vlad, Oana Vlad, I'm going to say Oana Vlad, said, the collaboration with Riot Games allows us to continue elevating the Coca-Cola Creations platform with brand new flavors that reinforce our shared mission to put fans and players at the forefront of everything we do. That is a whole lot of nothing. That's basically saying, motherfucker, if you're playing video games, we want you drinking Coca-Cola when you do it. That is... We would love it if you played uh, League of Legends. We would love it if you gave Riot Games money while giving us Coca Cola money. But at the end of the day, if you're some, you know, sweaty gamer, we want you to uh, relax with the delicious taste of Coca Cola. And maybe you should have it taste like video games. Uh, Coca-Cola Ultimate, our seventh Coca-Cola creation, carries an astonishing design, unlocks the taste of plus XP for players on their journey, and enhances their gameplay experience. I have had some of these weird Coca-Cola flavors recently. I have. I've had movement, which is terrible. Movement, like tastes like coconuts, is garbage. It is. Uh, I want to say it's Coca-Cola movement. I, Coca, Coca-Cola move. Is it called Move? Yeah. Coca-Cola Move. This thing fucking sucks. Oh my god. What a what a piece of shit Coca-Cola Move was. Oh my god, so so gross. And yeah, I want to say it has like a slight taste of um, um like coconut to it. It's terrible. Um, what else? I never tried Dream World. I don't know, I don't know what Dream World, uh, did I have Dream World? You know, the, the the funny thing is that they never tell you what the fuck these flavors like I'm on the website right now and they're like, yeah, dude, I don't know what these flavors taste like. It tastes like it's dream flavored Coca-Cola. That doesn't help me. I can't tell you that I have had Coca-Cola Starlight. I thought Coca-Cola Starlight was okay. Uh, Coca-Cola Starlight was kind of like a citrusy, almost like an orangey Sort of, uh, sort of taste to it. I thought Coca-Cola Starlight was all was all right. Um, I never tried Marshmallow. I did try Coca-Cola Move. That was oh. after Coca-Cola Move. I was so fucking disgusted by Coca-Cola Move that I th- honestly thought to myself, maybe I should stop doing this. That being said, I am a gamer, and as a stupid gamer. I will probably go buy this League of Legends XP flavored. I just they don't tell you what it's supposed to taste like if they just said, yo, dog, it tastes like. I don't know, it's it's got like a like a citrusy thing, it's like a lime, it's like a berry, it's like a tropical pineapple, whatever the fuck. That at least gives me something to go off of. What is Coca-Cola move supposed to taste like? It's supposed to taste like dancing. It actually just tastes like coconuts from from what I could tell, and it was gross. Coca-Cola Starlight tasted kind of citrusy, but they don't tell you that. What the fuck? It doesn't matter. There's no point getting that mad at Coca-Cola because... Coca-Cola regular, like, you know, I wasn't really around, uh, I'd have to look at the timeline of, th- of, of, the history of the world, but I wasn't around when new Coke came out, or at least I don't think I was. And I know they really fuck things up with new Coke. Um, despite having Max Hedrum as one of their, uh, sp- <laughs> uh, talking heads for, for new Coke. That being said, regular ass Coca-Cola is delicious. I could just drink one of those. Hell, I'll even drink a diet Coke. I actually think uh, Coke Zero kind of sucks. I think they've fucked up the flavor of uh, of uh, Coke Zero in recent uh, in recent times. But I, I will even drink a diet Coke. I try to drink more diet soda these days than than um, than sugar infused soda just so I can consume sugar and other, you know, areas of, 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 my diet and stuff like that. I don't mean to turn this into a diet, you know, food podcast. It's not like, Oh new what are you, you're like, Oh no, you're drinking a coffee. Is that with
1: Splendor or regular sugar?
0: Regular sugar for those wondering point is, is, you know, fuck it. I'm also the guy who reviewed the Mario and Luigi body wash, right? So, if it makes for an interesting podcast, maybe I will have to go review both the Coca-Cola. I'd probably have to get both, right? I'd have to get the sugar-free and the sugar. Oh, boy. All right. Well, anyways, let's talk... Let's talk Star Wars. Uh, Let's talk Star Wars. Oh, fuck me. All right, so... Star Wars, the old Republic, not Knights of the old Republic, but just the regular old Republic is an MMORPG that has been around forever, uh, forever, ever, um, Star Wars The old Republic originally came out in December of 2011. All right. And it is like 12 years old. It is like, it's, you know, it's old. All right. As far as games go. And it was originally developed by Bioware. Bioware, if you don't know, Bioware is the Dragon Age people. They are the Mass Effect people. They are the original Knights of the Old Republic developer. Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic developer. Uh, they are also the Anthem people. Um, and, and, and you know, other things like that. And, uh, you know, Bioware originally made this game. And 12 years later, EA has decided that it is going to move Bioware off of developing... Star Wars, the old Republic. So, so if you know, with it being an MMO, it continues to receive updates and content and paid stuff and and whatever, right? I believe now the current game is free to play. I believe it's been actually free to play for some time. I thought Star Wars, the old Republic was kind of cool. It was like a, you know, an MMO, but with a lot of story to it, like a lot of, um, a lot of story to it. You know what, fuck, maybe I should be playing I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, should I be playing Star Wars, the Old Republic? I don't know. Anyways, we're gonna close that and um and say that yeah, so EA has decided that they're gonna move Bioware off of the old republic. Um and uh they're gonna move it to a company called Broadsword Online Games. Uh Broadsword already closely partners with EA managing the development of some of their other games including ultima online and dark age of camelot so basically broad stored is like basically the team that you get when you got an old ass video game like i mean fucking ultima online is like ancient dude like when the fuck did ultimate ultima online come out ultima online came out in 1997 (laughs) and it is still being developed and worked on today i'm like swear to god it is like people are still making uh, Ultima Online today. And Broadsword uh, was brought in in 2014 to work on Ultima Online. Ultima Online came out in 1997, bro. 1997. When the fuck did Dark Age of Camelot come out?
1: 2001. Right? Which is another EA game.
0: Um well, point is, is that based on you know, Ultima Online and Dark Age of Camelot, EA, has parted with Broadsword to keep their old ass, you know, online games going. And that is the team that they are going to have work on, um, uh, you know, the Old Republic. Uh, Star Wars Old Republic reportedly has a core development team of up to 80 people. Over half of them uh, half, half of whom are expected to move with the game to Broadsword. So you have a bunch of people leaving Bioware. Uh, originally, I think it was Bioware Austin.
1: Uh, I should
0: because so here's the thing about EA and and um, ah, this is uh, this, I don't want to get into like the history of Bioware, but Bioware was originally like a like an Edmonton, uh, you know, Canadian developer right? They originally were founded in Edmonton, Alberta. When they got bought by EA, EA decided that they're going to open up a bunch of other studios that aren't Bioware in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and call them Bioware. One of those teams being Bioware Austin. So when you think Bioware, it's not necessarily that it's not the authentic real Bioware people working on this game. It's that it is Kind of a different studio altogether. Some people from BioWare Edmonton did definitely influence and work on Star Wars World Republic, especially when it initially came out. But like one of the reasons that, you know, Broadsword is kind of absorbing some of these, um, you know, BioWare Austin people is because it's maybe not quite the same studio that is making Mass Effect, making Dragon Age, and stuff like that. Not to disrespect or anything like that. Unfortunately, so so that's uh, 80 people, and about half of them are going to move to Broadsword. The remaining half may face the prospects of layoffs if they can't find another position with EA, which will remain as the game's publisher. Uh, you'd like to think that, you know, some of these people can go on to make Dragon Age Dreadwolf or Mass Effect 5, well, 5, I guess. Mass Effect 5. Um... The publisher is reportedly keen for Bioware to focus its resources on the upcoming single-player games like Dragon Age, Dreadwolf, and Mass Effect 4. Though, I don't think you can call Mass Effect 4 Mass Effect 4 when Mass Effect Andromeda is technically the fourth Mass Effect game. It should be Mass Effect 5, but I'm not here to argue that. I'm really not. Um... But anyways, the next game from Bioware is is Dragon Age: Dreadwolf. We have no idea when Drake, uh Dreadwolf is coming out. So therefore, we have no idea when Mass Effect uh, new Mass Effect's coming out. I mean, apparently, oh we I think we might have talked about this that like Dreadwolf won't be released before April of next year. But that seems still like a very long ways away. So we'll find out. But you know, they're slowly winding down active development and support for Star Wars: The Old Republic giving that game to an expert team of people that are known to keep games like this running for a very long time with maybe smaller updates or maybe more consistent smaller updates or maybe they might do like one big update per year whatever the case may be I don't I haven't quite looked at the development of Star Wars Old Republic in quite some time and it's been a very long time since I even played Star Wars Old Republic to be perfectly honest but Bioware moving on to potentially bigger and better things speaking of moving on to bigger and better things i don't know i really don't know about this one popular oh this is kotaku's words not mine i don't know if i'd necessarily call this game super popular because if it was popular this wouldn't be happening to it but here we are popular horror game friday the 13th will be delisted and replaced everywhere developer gun interactive just sounded the death knell for the inactive asymmetrical survivor horror game Friday the 13th has been at a standstill since it was engulfed by a battle of franchise rights in 2018 so this is the thing when the game came out a bunch of bad shit happened with the the IP for Friday the 13th there's been like this huge battle over the franchise rights like both for video games and for movies and stuff like that so basically, ever since the game got caught in, cr- caught in this like kind of legal battle, Crossfire, um, it stopped receiving updates, it stopped being worked on, they just kind of let it be. They're like, yeah, you can play it online, yeah, you can keep doing whatever, and you can buy it, but we, we legally cannot work on the game anymore. However, um, on December 31st, the game's license will expire, and on that date, Friday the 13th will no longer be available to purchase in any form. I'm assuming you could go buy, like, if you went to a used game store, because they did put out physical versions of that game. I'm assuming that physical versions of Friday the 13th won't be that hard to find. I would, (laughs) it would be funny if the price of, like, a used copy of Friday the 13th fucking skyrocketed. Because you can no longer buy it on the PlayStation Store or something. I'm not, do not, do not go run out and buy a used copy of, well, do whatever you want. I'm just saying that I don't know if there needs to be a mad dash of people going out and buying used copies of Friday the 13th. That being said, I'm going to go to Amazon right now and see how much Friday the 13th is going for. Uh, What would I want to get it on? I don't know. PS4, I guess. Ha, that's just what? That's just ridiculous. Why would you Oh they put out two versions of this game? I get it. Okay. Um Okay, so Oh, this is also like being imported. Okay, but this is maybe not uh, I should probably just go to the PlayStation store. Well, no, because I want physical versions for, So forget it. Okay. If I'm on I'm on Amazon.ca right now because I'm Canadian. Friday the 13th, Ultimate Slasher Edition. Which includes uh, the game plus DLC plus a limited edition game poster, clothing and costumes, all kill packs and an emote pack. This is the, this looks like the UK version of the game. So whatever. Uh, 3629. And I'm assuming this is a new copy of the game. That seems like a lot of money. If you, if I'm being totally honest with you, how much is like a used copy of Friday the 13th on Amazon? 25 bucks. Seems like too much money. Go to your local game store. Forget fuck Amazon. Fuck, fuck Jeff Bezos. Fuck Amazon. Go to your local game store and see how much they're selling Uh, Friday the 13th for. I'd be really curious about that. That being said, if you buy it now, you can keep playing it. However, online will be discontinued, so you won't be able to play it online with people anymore. Um, listen to this. The game, however, will continue to function through at least December 31st, 2024, if you already own it. Um, that's the developer uh, Gun Interactive wrote in a statement posted to Twitter. In the meantime, Gun says it's making the base game $5 and each piece of additional content $1 now through December 31st. However, some online stores uh, have not updated the prices yet. Let me go to Steam, see if they've updated the prices. Yeah, they have not. Uh, I'll go to the PlayStation Store while I'm at it. This is the gritty research that one has to do when they run this podcast, right? Like, you could be doing this right now yourself, being like, "Oh, I wonder how much Friday the 13th is on the PlayStation Store. Forget it. I'll just tell you. What? Okay. Nobody has updated the prices. <laughs> okay, so basically, um, nobody has updated the prices on Friday the 13th yet because it's uh, $17.50 on Steam, and it is uh, $20 on PlayStation Uh, It is free as part of PlayStation Plus, but like I said, like the part of PlayStation Plus is that you don't own the game. So if you're playing it on PlayStation Plus and you really like it, um, you might want to just buy it because then you can keep it forever. And if you want to buy the additional costumes like the 1984 Spring Break Clothing Pack, um, I guess you can do that. But maybe just wait a a day or two until they update the prices on all this stuff. Because right now it's still um, regular price. So the game will expire on December 31st, 2023, but you can still play it until 2024. Um, Now, this is where things get interesting. You know, Gun Media, Gun Interactive, whatever they're called, um, are also the same people that are making the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, which is also a asymmetrical multiplayer survival game. Um, now this is where, uh, things get interesting. Um, you know, they also talked about how they want to work on an original property. So, you know, gun is maybe wanting to get out of the licensed, uh, movie games game, which I don't blame them, right? Like think about how fucked up this weird Friday the 13th situation is, right? Like, you know, the, the people who own Texas Chainsaw Massacre could say, fuck it, we don't want video games anymore. Fuck it, we're selling the rights of Texas Chainsaw Massacre to somebody else. And then, then gun media stuck in this situation again. Um, but I bet they got decent money to make this Texas Chainsaw game because I mean, Friday the 13th wasn't not popular. Like it, it, it was a popular game. Um, it just had this weird issue with the, the rights where even though the game was kept online and you could still play it, they stopped updating the game because they legally couldn't work on the game anymore. And now they can't legally sell the game anymore. Um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game is coming out August uh, 18th. Now... This is going to be this is this is where things get really interesting in an interview with rely on horror uh, composer Harry uh, Manfredini, who is responsible for most of the Friday the 13th series, chilling music, including the game soundtrack, said he is now involved in another studio's more realistic looking game. Uh Harry says the game will supposedly be done in a different style to that of the previous asymmetrical multiplayer title. Um, uh, Manfredini said uh, uh, that he didn't know any other details about the game beyond his involvement, but it's still exciting to know there's something new on the horizon for this series. So what it sounds like is somebody else is making a Friday the 13th game and the series, the the movie, series composer is involved in some way so that's why you know we're kind of talking about how this game will probably get replaced because you know when the game is you know 2020 december 31st 2024 is 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 a ways away right there's definitely the possibility that like six months after you know 2025 like june 2025 whatever right um well actually let's let's look hold on we're going ahead in time No, I'm going. Yeah, okay. I want to see when when Friday the Thirteenth is in in 2025. That would probably because I'm I'm assuming that if they're making a new if somebody is making a new Friday the Thirteenth game, it will not be out before this game is discontinued. That's that's what I suspect.
1: Okay, there's a Friday.
0: Okay, okay. Well, they good good guess, nitwit. Uh the first Friday the 13th of 2025 is June So there you go. And in fact, it is the only Friday the 13th that entire um that entire year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a new Friday the 13th game by uh June 2025. That's that's my hot take my hot, like gamer, uh, you know, expert brain is there will probably be a new Friday the 13th game. June 20, uh, June, 2025 seems like a good time to put one out. Assuming the sun hasn't, or, and the smoke hasn't killed us all by then. Um, let's talk games, man. Let's talk like, we'll forget game news. and Let's just talk games. Appreciate support in the chat. Um, for those wondering, I do not have a discord um send me a friend request from discord okay thank you thank you for interacting with the stream i don't have my own discord like channel um but i appreciate it all right let's talk games uh last weekend saturday i was over at a friend's house and we played some street fighter six we had like a whole bunch of us get together like i don't know there's like probably like eight and like nine of us ten of us uh, at a friend's house playing street fighter six and um i've not seen these friends in a very long time i had not seen these friends in a very long time and i was excited to see everybody and i was excited to play street fighter 6 you know i had spent some time with the street fighter 6 beta um mostly focusing as luke playing some of the tutorials uh, but mostly just trying to get into those arcade matches you know luke versus luke or luke versus ryu those are the only two characters in the game and uh I was excited to play Street Fighter Six. That being said, you know we uh, the 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 social arrangement that we had at, at this friend's house was that we were going to do kind of a, a tournament. So we were going to have everybody in a tournament facing each other to see who is the best at Street Fighter Six. And, and and I think and you know obviously um, the game was very new, so not all of us had played a lot of Street Fighter Six by the time that uh, we showed up at the house to 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 fight. Um, we do this a lot. Um, this friend group of, uh, this friend group of us, we, you know, regularly will schedule tournaments and hangout sessions and stuff like that around, uh, fighting game releases and stuff like that. And it's always a great time. I've not seen these folks in a really long time because of COVID, uh, and the pandemic and life and all that stuff. I was very excited to see everybody. And, uh, we had a great time, you know, And it doesn't matter if we're playing fucking Street Fighter 6, or if you're playing fucking Mario Party, or if you're watching paint dry, right? You see some friends you haven't seen in a long time, you get some booze in them, you get some pizza in them, get some chips in them, whatever, and you're going to have a great time. And that's not me, like, downplaying my experience or whatever, like, any, any game... Would have been a great game to play with those folks cause we had such a, a fun time together. We also typically play some like Jackbox. Uh, so we play some murder murder trivia party and, uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I had not seen these folks in a long time. So, you know, in terms of like a, from like a, you know, mental health standpoint, it was really awesome to reconnect with people, you know, ask how they were doing, you know, kind of getting through the pandemic and, and life and, oh man, you catching up with work. What are you doing at work now? And all this stuff. So like, I was like a little anxious actually to see them all because it had been a while, but, um, I had such a great time, uh, seeing them and, uh, just hanging out, eating pizza, having a good time that like, I left it being like, man, I, I cannot wait to see these folks again. Uh, had an awesome time and, uh, really, 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 Enjoyed my time with Street Fighter Six. Like we're gonna talk Street Fighter Six, we're gonna talk Diablo Four, and I'm telling you right now, the game that I I, the game I've spent the least amount of time with is also the game I have had the most fun with. I fucking loved my time with Street Fighter Six. I I played as Luke the entire time. You know, going into this you know this hangout session with friends as like a competitive thing, I was like, well, really, the only character I know is Luke, so I'm gonna stick to Luke. Luke is who I played in the beta let's just play Luke and uh, man seeing all the different characters that are um, in the full version of Street Fighter 6 I was like man I really want to check out this character all this character looks awesome all you know like Blanca and and all this stuff super super cool Um, to see the new you know the new characters and you know how the old characters are representing you know Chun-Li, Ryu, Dan no sorry not Dan um, Ken Ken Dan is not in this game. I was really exciting to see. Him. And, you know, as we were playing through, as the night went on, you know, I found myself getting a little bit better with, um, with Luke every single time. And I walked away from my time with street fighter six thinking like, you know what, man, like I could really, I could really go for some more street fighter six. In fact, like it was like the game that was on my mind for like two or three days after, um, uh, after we finished on Saturday, like I went to work Sunday and I was like, Man, I should probably buy Street Fighter 6. And then like I was like, yeah, but you know, you had a good time, but like are you going to have the same amount of good time with it playing it by yourself or playing online or the single player or whatever. And then Monday rolled around and I was like, man, I really want to play Street Fighter 6. And you know, I had such an awesome time and I could see myself, you know, getting really into playing a bunch of those different characters, getting better with Luke, maybe going back and playing some Ryu really wanting to explore the single-player content so so for what it's worth we didn't play online we played all in the same room together and I did not have a chance to check out any of the single-player content so no world tour mode no create a character mode like none of that stuff right it was just us playing 1v1 just you know just straight up matches right fight after fight after fight after fight but looking at the online stuff, right. You know, the hanging out in the virtual arcade lobbies, um, you know, with other people taking your created character and, and going online with them, you know, doing ranked matches, exploring the single player stuff. Like there really seems to be a lot of really cool stuff, uh, available in street fighter six on top of that, going back to my experience with the beta, um, that tutorial is so smart. That tutorial is so so smart, getting you up to the the basics of the game, and then once you've kind of get got the basics, there's an advance, and then there's like an expert. Like there's three levels of um, of difficulty for the tutorial, which I think is smart. I think you know there's a lot of depth to these fighting games, and if Capcom is trying to appeal to the casual fighting game fan, they need to get them from zero to a hundred in a safe. And effective way and when I say safe and effective, I don't mean go online and get your ass handed to you by people who've been playing Street Fighter for the last 20 years. I mean, you know, have single player content that you can engage with and have a good time with have, um, you know, an arcade mode that you can play with so you can kind of test out your character, you know, ideas and and stuff like that. But fundamentally, you need a tutorial that's like, here is what these terms are. Here's what these moves are. And then on top of that, here is an explanation for all of these characters. Here is Luke's strengths and weaknesses. Here is Ryu's strengths and weaknesses, right? Because at the end of the day, if you want to get effective at playing a fighting game, obviously you need to know the what and the how. What is a fireball? What is a super? What is an impact driver and all this shit, right? But if you really want to get good at fighting games, you need to know... The why, the when, and the where. Like, if you have a basic grasp of you know the controls in Street Fighter, the thing you actually need to master is the mind games, right? How do you get your component? You, you get, get your opponent to um, come towards you. How do you play defensively? How do you react in a certain way? You know, because the my The reason I lost when I was playing against my friends is because I wasn't blocking enough, right? I just straight up was like, well, you know, the only way you can win is by hitting them. So let's just go in for the kill impact driver throws, you know, hits, hit them with a super hit them with a special move. Like, let's just try to take these motherfuckers out. And they, you know, I lost because I wasn't playing defensively enough. That's where that's, I would say that's probably one of the reasons why I lost is because I wasn't playing defensively enough. Right. Because once I, you know, you know, left myself, uh, you know, defensiveless because I was just too busy throwing these punches and these kicks and stuff like they could just go in and completely wreck me. And I had no way to defend myself because in some cases, you know, with the drive impact, if you burn that meter, you actually have less stamina to parry and to block and stuff like that, right? Or if uh, your player or sorry if your opponent is attacking you and they leave themselves out of position, it's a great time to activate a super. But if I have no super meter because I've been playing too offensively, I really have very little to react to because I've just been on the attack so much, right? And I think if I spent more time, you know, playing the single player, more time learning Luke or whatever character, more time in the tutorials, I'd probably be a much more effective uh, Street Fighter 6 character, uh, Street Fighter 6 player for sure. Now, I think one of the things with, you know, the worry with Street Fighter 6 is if you play the game single player and by yourself and you want to play competitively, either with friends in, you know, in on the couch or in real life or against people online. It is very easy to pick up bad habits in the single player because the AI can be pretty dumb, right? You know, they're just going to stand there and they're maybe not going to play very defensively or they're just going to play, uh, you know, very aggressively offensively and then once you block their attacks you can just go in for the kill right like it's they're not like the ai doesn't really know how to bait you into certain things and do mind games the way somebody probably would if you were playing against them in real life or playing against them online right so if i were to get street fighter six like i'd probably spend a bunch of time like deep in the tutorials deep in the fight lab trying to uh, hone my craft so that when I got to the single player, I could maybe plan a difficulty that forced me to be on my toes a little bit and not develop those bad habits because I would like to be an effective Street Fighter character, a Street Fighter player, excuse me, in competitive, right? Like if I'm going to buy this game, I don't know if I will, but if I buy it, like I want to hold my own online, you know, I expect to win 50% of my matches at least, right? I don't, I don't want to be a bad motherfucker, like I'm not trying to be like the world's greatest Street Fighter 6 player. But uh, if I were to pick up Street Fighter six, I'd like to think that I could focus my time and energy and effort on the game enough to be rather effective at it. Right. Get all that I can out of the single player and and all that stuff, of course. But at the end of the day, like, you know, Street Fighter six, you know, and Mortal Kombat or Injustice or Tekken, like you're going to get the most out of that game by fighting other human beings whether it's in a, you know, a, a, a social, you know, physical gathering, like what I was experiencing on Saturday or against people online. Right. Um, so I'm a little torn on when, where, and how I should buy street fighter six. I know I've seen it on sale, uh, uh, you know, on like some CD key shops and stuff like that in a couple of places. Uh, it's not even necessarily about the pricing of, of street fighter six. It's just right now, I'm playing a lot of Diablo 4, and I don't need to necessarily be good at Diablo 4 or get better at Diablo 4 to feel like I'm having a, a fun time with it. Right? The more I blow up those skeletons, the more my character gets stronger, the more I get better loot. Right? But in the case of Street Fighter 6, like you're probably going to want to spend some time like thinking about your character, honing your craft, you know, and and maybe even thinking about. What the strengths and weaknesses are of the other characters, right? Like if I'm playing as Luke and I come across uh, Chun-Li, like I should probably know what Chun-Li is capable of doing so that I can instead focus more on reacting to what is happening or preventing stuff from being thrown my way that, you know, Luke may not be as equipped to handle as some of the other characters. Right. You know, for example, there are characters in street fighter that can throw projectiles, right? So like Ryu can throw a fireball. That means you have this fireball coming towards you and you can, you can run, you can jump, but it is, you know, you don't need to be close to hit somebody when you're doing a projectile. Luke, as far as I can tell, does not have a projectile, right? So how do you react in those types of situations? These are the things that I was trying to wrap my mind around as I realized that I loved my time with street fighter six and I really want to get into it. This sounds more intimidating than it should be, right? Because if you just want to play in the world tour mode, you know, earn some, earn some currency, some unlocks, beat up some AI, like you can, like you can totally have fun playing street fighter in, in a casual way. It just feels like such a rewarding game to dive a little bit deeper and and, and and get a little bit serious with it as well. I think Street Fighter VI, they've really done something really incredible with Street Fighter VI in terms of making it an incredibly appealing game to casual fighting game fans and a super deep and rewarding experience for those that do want to go a little bit further with it, get a little bit more serious with it. And I'm going to be honest with you, like the modern controls... Make so much sense in my brain like I know people have been doing quarter circles and all this stuff in Street Fighter, You know for the longest time, but those modern controls really have allowed me To focus more on the reaction focus more on the mind game because I'm not thinking so much about um, How do I do something? I'm more thinking how do I react and again? There's definitely room f- uh, for improvement in in my case as a Street Fighter player but um Man, I was just blown away by street fighter 6 i really really was i think the commentary is a lot of fun like the you know the color commentary and the and the play-by-play announcer is a lot of fun i think the music in the game is a lot of fun it's like a lot of weird like goofy hip-hop and 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 stuff like that in the game i think the characters are awesome you know the 18 characters that you get in the roster i think is is pretty solid I think the costumes and the customization that is available for Street Fighter 6 is super neat. Again, I didn't have a chance to play the single player stuff, but from what I've heard from the World Tour mode, that's a lot of fun running around Fight City or whatever they call it, beating people up and and stuff like that. And the goofy story that they have is a lot of fun. Uh, Street Fighter 6 just seems awesome, man. Like uh, and uh, I really hope that uh, I don't have to wait too long to play it, whether I end up buying it or getting a chance to play it with some more people eventually super super cool. Uh, Diablo 4. Diablo 4 is a hell of a game and I have been kind of trapped playing it. I've been kind of in this hell hole of of playing Diablo 4, but it's a good head, it's a good hell hole. This is a good hell hole to be in. Um I'm a level 31 sorcerer and uh I am making my way through Diablo 4, man, and you know I remember when I purchased it being like, man, this is like 100 bucks Canadian like after tax like $100 to play Diablo 4 and in, in the like Street Fighter is like 20 bucks cheaper or whatever like you know 10 20 bucks cheaper or whatever right but now that I'm like this deep in Diablo 4 well past where I was when the beta ended and stuff like that like this is the best Diablo 4 game to date like in my opinion like this is the best Diablo has ever been Um, and they definitely seem like they have filled this game to the brim with content and replayability and depth in terms of your character customization and your abilities and and all that stuff. So like it is the best Diablo four or so this is the best Diablo that I've probably ever played. I didn't spend as much time with uh, one and two, but uh, it is awesome. Is it blowing me away? Am I like thinking about Diablo four the way I was when I finished playing street fighter six and stuff like that? No, I'm not. I want to go back and play it. I want to wrap up this, this fucking podcast so I can go back and play some street fighter four. Uh, sorry. uh street uh, Diablo four. Excuse me. But it is not like just this all-encompassing thing in my brain. And I think part of that is because I'm still very, very early into the game, right? You know, I'm a level 31 sorcerer. Like I mentioned, the level cap, the maximum level cap is 100, right? So whether you're doing side quests or the main story or exploring the dungeons or whatever, right? Like every time you level up, you're getting skill points and abilities and, and shit like that. But, um... I am nowhere close to maxing out my sorcerer in terms of levels. Right. And on top of that, you know, they talk about the, the Paragon system in the game. And, um, basically you can infinitely level up your character in Diablo four and, and continue to upgrade them and get new weapons and loot and shit like that. But, um, yeah, the level cap, what is the, because I think Paragon, which I have not unlocked unlocks at level 50 yeah the max level so this is according to pcgames.com um the diablo 4's level cap is 100 which will take you about 70 hours to hit so that's kind of going back to what i was saying right it's like i'm, I'm enjoying the game it's great i'm having good good fun with it and a hundred bucks for a minimum of 70 hours worth of content doesn't seem like a bad deal right So I look at it and I'm like, you know what, I'm definitely going to get my money's worth out of Diablo 4 because while it takes you 70 hours to hit a level 100, there are multiple other classes to play. And I definitely, like, I know that once I'm done playing Sorcerer, I'm going to want to check out the Rogue. Like, 100%, I want to check out the other character classes in the game. Maybe go back and play a Barbarian, right? But that's the thing is, like, they've added so much depth and customization to all of these character classes. That if you were to tell me, yeah, man, I I played through the game as a as a necromancer, and then that was it. I'm like, dude, you like missed like two thirds of the game, man. Like you you should try the other character classes and see what it's like to cast lightning or or you know control an army of the undead or, or have like four weapons at your disposal as a barbarian or switch between blades and and bow as a rogue. Like there's so much depth to the character customization. It's so, it's been so much fun to, to fuck around as a, as a sorcerer and be like, Oh, I can cast lightning and I can cast ice. And, uh, and also when I cast lightning, it gives me bonus fire damage. And, and I know this is like as nerdy as I could possibly sound, but, uh, as I push my glasses further up my face, but it's been awesome, man. It's been, it's been a, it's been a ton of fun. Again, not the thing that I have thought about consistently the way I have with Street Fighter 6, but I think part of that is because I'm still very early into the game. Like I think once I have more customization options at my disposal, I have more, you know, the game has two difficulty options at the start, normal and hard, I think it is. And really the only difference between normal and hard is you get like plus 15% more money when you defeat enemies and plus like 10% more experience points. So and and there's more difficulties after that like I think there's like four or five uh, Difficulty options is as you play the higher difficulties um, You get more from killing enemies. You'll get better loot. You'll get better rewards and all that stuff, right? so the idea is that as you become more experienced with your character as you become more confident playing the game And as you make more progress in the game, you know, the game will give you the option to replay content at a higher difficulty for better rewards. And, or you go back and, you know, play the game with a different character class and stuff like that. Now let's actually like talk gameplay. Diablo four is a very active, um, dungeon crawler, you know, kind of action RPG. It is, it is, you know, they've kind of taken inspiration from stuff like Elden Ring and and demon souls and dark souls in in a couple of different ways. So positioning your character is very important, right? Uh, especially in stuff like boss battles where, um, you'll see your, you know, the boss character or even, even regular characters and enemies in the game they'll be charging up an attack and it'll show you on the on uh, you know on screen where that attack is going to hit right and if you are in the way of that attack when it hits you are going to have a fucking bad time you will get fucking wrecked even in some cases like one shot kills like I'm, I'm not joking even on like normal difficulty in some cases if you're fucking around in a boss fight and the boss charges up some big attack it'll fucking wreck you and there's a dodge so you can it on um i've been playing it on both mouse and keyboard and i've been playing it on controller i think it plays pretty well on both um though managing some of the menus with the controller has not been great so i usually will switch to mouse to control some of the menu stuff but anyways there's a dodge um, and the dodge is on a cool down, So when you dodge, it takes like five seconds to recharge your dodge. Some, uh, items that you pick up, like I picked up a pair of boots and they gave me two charges of the, of the dodge, right? So I can, you know, hit dodge twice, um, and it'll recharge them you know one at a time you know five seconds each or whatever or you know slow, a quicker recharge time for the dodges but anyways when those bosses are charging up you need to either run or dive out of the way because it will fuck you up and I feel like that is very inspired by something like you know Elden Ring or or Demon Souls or Dark Souls or something like that right because very much in those games you want to get the fuck out of the way of most enemy attacks because most enemies will rip you to pieces in this scenario it's mostly the harder bosses and stuff like that, that you need to worry about, but it is a little bit different than the way Diablo has approached things in other, in other games where you can kind of just stand there and keep getting hit. And, um, and you probably aren't, you might take some damage, but you may not die from some of these big boss battle attacks. Uh, big boss man, cop County, Georgia. Anyways, uh, one of the other things that's kind of like, um, you know, Elden ring is the health potion system. So, I think you start off the game with four potions and they give you, when you hit, and when you use a health potion, it gives you a little bit of health and then it recharges the rest of your health over a short period of time. So it'll be like, oh, you have 2000 health. We're going to give you 300 health immediately. And then we're going to give you an additional 30% health over the next 10 seconds or something like that. Right? So it won't immediately, it's not an immediate get out of jail free, free card, but you can maybe survive a little bit of an onslaught as you reposition yourself against these other characters and and, and stuff and other enemies and, and stuff like that. And these two things make it a much more active game. In my opinion, I'm not going to say it's harder. Um, I'm not even gonna say this is like the thinking man's Diablo. It's just, I can't just spam attacks and hope for the best, right? I have to think a little bit more. Which you could argue makes the game more difficult, um, so to speak, but it is not quite the junk food—just smash buttons and blow stuff up and have a good time—that maybe other Diablo games have been in the past. This does require a little bit more thought, just like ever so slightly, just like a like a pinch, pinch more thought and patience, and um, you know preparedness as you go into battle some of these enemies like in some like i'm a sorcerer so one of the things that i have is i have a bunch of armor abilities so i can um freeze enemies in an area and then activate like an ice shield right so typically what will happen is i'll go into a, a situation you know a group of enemies I'll freeze them. I will start to, uh, you know, activate some of my attack abilities. And then, as soon as the enemies thaw out and start attacking me, I will activate my ice shield so that I, pr- you know, protect myself against um, a lot of their incoming attacks until that wears off. And then, by that time, hopefully, my freeze ability will be back so I can freeze the enemies again. And, uh, and stuff like that, though, in some cases, you know, some of the bosses, you can't immediately freeze or knock out or stun. They have like a stun meter that you have to keep stunning them with your abilities until they freeze. And then they're usually frozen for a certain period of time. Go in, hit them up, whatever. Um, really enjoying it. I have not gotten my Mount yet. Um, and, uh, I know when I played the beta, I unlocked like the wolf puppy backpack thing. Um, and then I equipped it on my character and Diablo four is played from the top down perspective. And your character is so far away from the camera. I must saying it's like tiny or bad, but it is so far away from the camera that a cosmetic, like a tiny wolf puppy hanging off of your back is really hard to see. You just, you can't really see this wolf puppy. Uh, anyways, you could play, you can zoom in the camera and play it from a, from a closer perspective, but then you can't quite see all the enemies that are surrounding you and stuff like that and whatever point is I like, you know, earning abilities. I like getting loot. I like getting a better, you know, you know, uh, wand or better boots or better gloves or better helmet or better armor chest piece or whatever, right? But what I like is seeing how those new pieces of armor look on my character. So, you know, every time you get, you know, new items, you know, you can find an item that's better than the item you currently have, or you can find a different item that is better than the item that you have, right? You know, it's a constant thing of like, oh man, I just killed like 20 skeletons and I got a better helmet. Oh, I just killed this boss and I got better gloves or whatever. And every time you equip That stuff, it changes the look on your character. Now, Diablo will let you maintain the look of the items while accepting the better stat increase. So for example, if you have uh, uh, a wand that you like the look of, but the new wand that you found gives you plus 20% more damage, you can keep the look of the old one while equipping the new one. And you can can actually sell or salvage your uh, your other equipment um, if you want, right? So you can have it both ways. You can just, every time you pick up a new piece of armor, your look changes to match the armor you've equipped, or you can keep everything the way that you have currently unlocked it. Or you can go into the shop and you can spend real money on costumes. And this seems like maybe the biggest waste of money, man. I'll tell you. They have a couple of different things that you can buy. So, like I talked about, you can get a mount. So, you can get a horse and you can get different looking horses. And then you can get different costumes for that horse. It doesn't make the horse any better, it doesn't make the horse any faster. Or anything like that, but if you wanted like a like a horse with like a bunch of armor on it or whatever, you can have a badass war horse if you want. But again, when we're dealing with a camera perspective that's you know pulled out quite a bit, it's not like you can see all the intricate details of a lot of these costumes, right? It isn't until you zoom in or go to your, you know, appearance customization screen or whatever that you really see, um, you know, kind of how these, you know, how your character looks. So to me, I don't understand why you'd spend $30, like damn near $30 Canadian on some of these costumes and outfits. When the game is best played from a, you know, bird's eye view experience where you don't see a lot of the intricacies of your costumes on top of that. If you like a certain costume, you can always go make it Oh, well, to some extent. You can always make your own custom look by just choosing the armor pieces that you've unlocked that you like that you've earned for free. Or you can be me and just say, fuck it. Uh, whatever this helmet looks like, just show me that. I don't care if I mismatched, you know, outfits or whatever. The, the stats on it are all that I care about. Function over fashion. Let's go. But to spend $30 to make yourself look like some weird skeleton when you can't even quite see some of that stuff from the perspective of the game, it's just stupid, man. Like, If you're going to buy this shit, more power to you. And I'm not saying I haven't bought costumes and cosmetics in games. I have definitely spent real money to make my Destiny character look a certain way. I've spent money in Fortnite and whatever. But in those games you see more of your character at any given point in time, right? Like if I were to like destiny two is a first person shooter. So if I change the look of one of my guns for free, great. If I spend money to do that, you see most of the gun for most of your time playing destiny, right? If I train, if I take my uh, SMG, And make it fucking pink. I'm going to see a lot of that pink SMG. Assuming that I am using that gun for most of the game. Right? But to be like, oh man, you know, you can make your character look like a skeleton. And it's so small on screen because you're fighting, you know, hundreds of skeletons at any point in time. It's just fucking stupid. It's just stupid. I think there's a reward to unlocking cool looking armor by fighting enemies and earning that stuff. And again, I'm not against buying cosmetics in games, and I certainly have in the past. It's just I don't think Diablo is the game that is worth spending money on cosmetics, right? If you want to play as fucking John Wick in Fortnite, guess what? You see that whole character every time you do it, right? Every time you play that game or Rocket League, right? Whatever, right? I just don't think that Diablo 4 in its presentation is, Lends itself great to appreciating the cosmetics that you can buy in that game. We're in it for the long haul with, with Diablo 4, so you know we'll talk more about Diablo 4 next week. Um, I think I'm like two-thirds maybe done the story. Maybe I'm halfway anywhere from halfway to two thirds done the story. Um, I've been actually really trying to hustle my butt and get through the story because uh, once you hit a certain point in the story, you unlock your horse and your mount and that'll allow you to traverse the open world faster. So I haven't actually spent maybe that much time exploring the open world and doing side quests as I would like because I want to when I do that, I want to move faster and I'm not quite there yet. But uh, Diablo 4 has been a, a, a just a ton of fun. Um, very, very rewarding and, and satisfying experience. And, you know, messing with your character abilities and modifying stuff to be like, oh, I can cast electricity and I get a bonus fire damage and all that stuff. Been a ton of fun. I will definitely be going back and playing more of Diablo 4 uh, once I'm done my um, sorcerer character. But, um, you know... It's only been a week and, and I am nowhere near 70 hours done, uh, Diablo four just yet. And I know that if I spend 70, I'll probably put 70 more, uh, at the very least into it. So we're in it for the long haul with Diablo four. This is a game that I will probably be playing up until game of the year, you know, in December and, and stuff like that. So, um, Really looking forward to playing more Diablo 4. I would like to buy Street Fighter 6 and and spend some time with Street Fighter 6. I just don't know if I can dedicate the time to Street Fighter 6 that I want to spend with Street Fighter 6. That being said, you know, um, there's some other games coming out. Amnesia the Bunker from Frictional Games. That is from the people that made Soma and the... um, original amnesia games have put out a new game. Amnesia. The bunker is a first person horror game. It's a world war one, uh, you know, horror game. And uh, it is out now on game pass. I have downloaded it. i have not had a chance to play it. Come on back next week. I'll talk to you about amnesia. The bunker. I will definitely check out some of that. Um, it seems gnarly like amnesia. The bunker seems fucking frightening, fucked up and, and terrifying. Um, which is interesting because one of the things that they've changed from Amnesia the Bunker compared to the other Amnesia games is that they now give you combat options, right? Like you have a gun. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but you have a gun in Amnesia Bunker. You did not have a gun in Amnesia the Dark Descent or Machine for Pegs or, you know, the other Amnesia games, right? So really curious to check out amnesia the bunker see if like you know setting it in world war one and giving you a gun and all that stuff makes it less scary or if they've ramped up the scares in amnesia the bunker so much that you're gonna wish you had more than just a you know a, a sick shooter from the from the looks of the screenshots uh but anyways that's out now uh is amnesia out everywhere i should check where is amnesia available so it's out everywhere so it's out on playstation and pc and all that stuff but it is um it is out for free on game pass so that is where i'm going to be playing it and checking it out thank you so much for listening to the podcast agent 47 episode 47 in the bag i have been nitwit find everything that i do over at my linktree linktree.com slash nitwit g-n-i-t-t-w-i-t-t twitch twitter youtube instagram tiktok everything um I haven't put out much content because I've been stuck playing Diablo four. We're hoping maybe in the next week or two to get back on the train, uh, the TikTok train, making more videos and, and stuff like that for social media. But, uh, thank you so much for supporting the podcast and, and everything that I do. Um, seriously, thank you so much. Uh, 47 episodes. It has been a year. I got an email from uh, Spotify, just the other day saying, Hey, nitwit. You've been doing this podcast for a year. Congratulations! So, so thank you so much for uh, supporting me. I know we've missed a couple of episodes uh, from COVID and sick and mental health and all that stuff, but um, there is no slowing uh, this uh, glitch report train. And I thank you so much for getting on board with me. Tell a friend, tell a family member. If you know anybody who's into games, tell them, hey, if you want to hear some gaming news uh, and some hot takes, check out Glitch Report. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify. Uh, Apple podcast. It's a video version on YouTube, of course, uh, for you to enjoy. And uh, yeah, that is it. Thank you so much for listening to Glitch Report. We will see you next week. Take it easy.